This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, June 9th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. According to Sam Staley of the Reason Foundation, it turns out we can pave our way out of congestion. We spoke following a Cato Policy Forum May 27th. Well, the interesting thing is that you can't pave your way out of congestion has become a mantra among certain interest groups. But the truth is, not only have we paved our way out of congestion in the past, we have the engineering capability to do it now. It's a question of the political will and aligning the incentives in the right way. But um, I don't even think uh, any engineer seriously believes that you can't pave your way out of congestion because we've got the space and we've got the land and we've got the wealth and we can do it. Now, you talked a little bit about this uh, spider web design. How many cities have, describe what that is and how many cities have tried to work with that? Well, the, the, concept behind the spider web is that given the complexity of travel patterns today, we can no longer think about designing our roads in terms of the standard traditional work-home commute. That's less than 15% of our trips. Now our trips are so complicated, we have to go outside that hub-and-spoke wagon wheel system. And if we look at Actually, where people actually go, you know, taking your kid to the soccer game, then going to the grocery store, then to the dentist, then maybe to work, and then a a, a meeting off the regular corporate campus or whatever, we're really talking about creating a mesh of roads. And that is what, and we need to think in terms of a road system that accommodates all those diverse needs that are very unpredictable and very uncertain. So that's where the spider web comes from. Spider webs are designed with multiple links where a spider can get anywhere on the web very quickly. Um, We also, by the way, have to think in terms of layers, not just on surface roads. And I didn't talk about this, but we need to think about creating new layers of roads, both up on top as well as below. So we talk a lot about tunnels and how important they can be. We have metropolitan areas which are inching their way toward the spider web. In many cases, such as Houston, the spider web exists as by accident. It isn't something that was consciously uh, designed. It was, in fact, sort of a a spontaneous reaction to the way travel had been changing. So there are a few urban areas that are developing these ring roads and these very this mesh of local roads, which would resemble a spider web. Houston's one of them. Minneapolis, St. Paul is another one as well. And, um, yeah, so some areas are getting close to that, but the spiderweb concept is not part of the transportation lexicon yet. Given the long-range nature of a lot of transportation planning, very short-run fads in how transportation ought to be done, light rail versus highway capacity and things like that, can have effects uh, decades out. Yeah, and I think one of the things that has made the hub and spoke system so effective is that it really served a lot of purposes it wasn't designed for. You know, we talk in our book, Mobility First, that is coming out in the fall, that 85% of the traffic on interstate highways is in fact local traffic. So what happened is we built these interstate highways. The idea was to connect these urban centers and create better opportunities for interstate traffic, when in fact one of the most important economic benefits has been serving local needs. And so it's been a very resilient system. But after 50 years, it's very clear that it no longer meets the transportation needs of the modern economy, particularly a services-based economy. So the spider web concept is also very resilient in the same way that the wagon wheel was in the last century. In the spider web, not only can you accommodate lots of different types of trips, 
but you can add to it incrementally and spontaneously, depending on the individual needs of a particular time and place. On the issue of building capacity, if we're going to use taxes to build the additional capacity that will be uh, needed decades out, that taxes aren't going to be able to do it, but user fees could. Is that a political problem or is that uh, a technical problem? Because politically, user fees don't necessarily seem a political slam dunk in many areas. No, economists have been talking about user fees for, four, for over 100 years on in terms of roads. Adam Smith even talks about tolls in The Wealth of Nations. Um, so economists are very comfortable with the idea, but politically it's a lot more difficult. What I don't think many people recognize is that we're really at a historical shift in transportation policy. I mean, possibly in terms of human existence, a historical shift. We have a public service where, or a service which was public called roads, which we now have the technical and financial capability to fully privatize. Um, we're probably 15 years away from having the technical ability to fully privatize local roads. But in terms of the technology and the ability to generate revenues, the same way we do when you go into Walmart and you buy charcoal or you buy your grill or whatever it might be, we are now at the point we can do that for roads. And no one really has is talking about it, but it's driving a lot of the policy change that we can see over the next 30 or 40 years. So... The key is, as we begin to recognize the private value we get from roads, the easier it will be to use conventional market-based um, tools like prices to generate the kind of revenues that can then be dedicated to very specific facilities and fund them in a sustainable way. So the problem now is we have this these roads, which were public goods, most economists will even uh, would have said they were public goods. They're sort of the textbook case of what a public good is. But you had a revenue base that, because it was a public good, it had to be funded politically. How do you fund public goods? Through general taxes. In the 1950s, we did have this watershed event where we moved interstate highway transportation funding to a loosely defined user fee called the gas tax. Um, and that created a very stable funding base for transportation at the federal level. But we're now at that point, we need to move beyond that. We need to actually begin to tie those traditional market mechanisms to the products that are being developed and implemented on the local level. And that is something we've never been able to, to achieve before. And so it's an exciting time for transportation policy. Sam Staley is Director of Urban and Land Use Policy at the Reason Foundation. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can watch the full Cato Policy Forum from May 27th at cato.org.